What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Orange and Brew, the podcast where we married our two favorite pastimes, the Denver Broncos and beer. Uh, I am JT Matthews, and you can find me at JTMatthews01 on Twitter. And I'm here with the doctor, Nicholas Manning, <laughs> at InManningPO on Twitter. And you can follow the pod at brew underscore orange on Twitter, where we put out some polls today to see what people are interested in. So make sure you get in there and let us know. How's it going? It's going all right, man. How are you? Yeah, we're preparing for a uh, a vacation next week. Yeah, in the the height of COVID. Yep, braving the deep blue sea. Yeah, I don't know uh, how that's all going to go. I mean, uh, up until this point, we're going, so that's a good thing. Well, the good part is, is we're going from um, a place with relatively high risk to a place with relatively low risk yeah we just gotta i just gotta get my test back and make sure that i'm negative and then we're good to go well we all yeah. well yeah all of us yeah. i'm just you specific. me specifically for the listeners exactly <laughs> um so yeah so we'll be uh we might be doing a remote recording next week we'll see oh, we are so i'll bring the mic and we'll we'll get down yeah, yeah um, for those that are, are pondering we're going to hawaii yeah a large gathering of Children and adults, <laughs> mostly children. <laughs> so we try and pop, pop out a podcast on the beach. That would be pretty dope. That would be with some mixed drinks. Super dope. I think we can do it. Yeah, we'll do it. I don't know about the quality of the pot, <laughs> but we'll especially depending on how many mixed drinks. Sure. Yeah. Oh man, uh, let's talk a little bit about the loss to the Falcons first. Let's start with cool. that. Let's get it out of the way. Um, I think. We are, our cornerbacks were exposed though. Our best cornerbacks were injured. What were your takeaways yeah. from, from the kind of the defensive performance and the continuing struggles of drew lock in the first half or whatever, whatever you want to count, chalk that up to. Yeah. I, so we'll start defensively. I, I just a recipe for, for disaster. So you're going up against the leading passer in the NFL with a hall of fame receiver in your fourth and fifth corner, maybe, right? Yeah. O.J. Moody had played it. I think uh, saying Bassey got punched in the mouth a little bit early, but mm-hmm. he played better as the game went on. His tackling and aggressiveness were on display. Uh, Devontae Harris got exposed on, on several on several plays, and um, I don't know if his soul returned to his body. Yeah, I don't that know. Was, that was rough, man. And, um, you know, I, I played defensive back for – for a while and it you know sometimes when it gets in your head then you press and you try too hard and then you you aren't doing the, the things that maybe you normally do and you just it seems like you can't win and uh and especially when they're picking on you so i i, I think that that was um you know the the depth there 
especially with your top two guys out. But I don't know what team can come in without their top two guys. Right. Um, and I know that everyone, including myself, is definitely pointing out the fact that Devontae Bosby was not on the roster. Yeah. And it could have been nice if he were there. Do you think it would have changed the complexion of the game at all? Uh, I th- To have I one it, more I guy? could have. Okay. Sure. I think a guy that plays well in your scheme uh, so that, you know, Bassey is your third corner, Devontae Harris is your fourth corner. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think so. Uh, do I know if they win the game? Do I think Devontae Bosby is that kind of difference? I, I don't know. Sure. But I, but probably that, you know, that 50-yard play to, um, to Gage doesn't happen or, um, you know, I mean, he got – Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he got – Harris got beat. I mean, it had to be 150, 160 yards yeah. of just real estate on him alone, right? And uh, if you take any of those big plays away, then maybe that game's totally different. Sure, sure. Um, you can play the what ifs. You know, there's the on that on that bomb. Malik Reed was a quarter of an inch away from a strip sack fumble, right? I don't know if you saw. Yeah, that yeah, screen. I saw the freeze frame. If he if he puts a finger on that ball. The complexion of the game is totally different, right? Barking Absolutely. The ball, potentially get the ball in, uh, in plus territory, right? You, sh- you strike at their heart. The, the, the team had moved the ball pretty well early, even though it stalled out. Uh, maybe that game's totally different. So go to the, the second question. Um, you know, when you have a young offense, it, you you see overthinking, right? Like I, I watch it out there. Sure. It's just – and. You're trying too hard, or you're trying for big chunks instead of easy plays. Yep. You are um, susceptible to penalties or mental lapses, which put you behind, right? Third and 15, no offense is built for third and 15. I don't right. Know who you are, if you're the Saints or the Chiefs, you're, if you're consistently in third and 15, you're not, you can't win that way. It just doesn't work. So, really, all it takes is one, uh, you know, one holding penalty on, on second and five, right? And then all of a sudden, you, you are significantly behind the chains. So to me, I think that's the biggest thing is they they have to clean up those kind of errors. Um, and and for me, I think that they're trying to score touchdowns on every drive as opposed to one play at a time. And as cliche, cliche as it sounds, they have to do that. Right. right. Let's just execute this play. We execute this play and you do that 10 times, good things will happen. Uh, I, I think that they are aware that they're not scoring points. Right. Like, all of a sudden, they're down by two scores or three scores. You don't have the the luxury to think about that anymore. You just go play right. the difference in what you see when they, you know, when they turn it on a little bit, I do think that they had some really nice plays in the first half that just didn't amount to, to drives to score points. In my opinion, if Brandon McManus is allowed to kick that field goal, right. um, I think he nails it. And if so, then, you know, um, you know, maybe that game's 10 to six. Uh, and, and then it's just totally different, right? The feel is different. There's less pressure. Um, and, you know, because even if Atlanta puts up another touchdown, you're still within a relatively, you know, a comfortable striking distance. Sure. So that to me is it. And, uh, y- you know, I I don't know how much you can you can ask for or preach patience. But when you average under 25 years of age for your starters and then you take out guys that have gotten injured. Right? So you take out sure. Glasgow, who's not playing. Um, DeMar Dotson gets hurt and you roll in younger guys. Um, I don't know what people expect, right? You yeah. call for a rebuild, a rebuild happens, and then you're mad about it. Sure. Right? It's the, um, this must be like what Jeff Breidich feels like, <laughs> but he like, he does the thing that upsets me right now. Right. right. Just commit to one or the other. Spend and go in 
or go young, right? And, yep. uh, and the Broncos did that. To, you know, their offense is young. That's how they're they're trying to mold and they're trying to bring the group together. Sometimes you're going to have slow starts. I think that just kind of goes with the younger group, right? Um, if you take you for an example, right? When you got hired into your role, yeah. you're new in your role, right? Mm-hmm. The job is new. The experience is new. How quick are you moving? Sure. You're relatively slow, right? Right. right. Things you got to pick up. Once you pick it up, right, and then you're not thinking about the, the specifics of it or the individual steps to the whole entire process, it, it starts going faster, right? You're able to do it. It's much more routine. I think that's what you see as the as the game goes, right? The flow happens. Now I'm not thinking about my my third step on my and and my hitch. Sure, I'm just going now. Um, and Vic Fangio said it a little bit earlier this week. He said, you know, we need Drew to take all the reps because I think he needs him to take all the reps. Right in the end, um, that that's what's going to matter as much. Yeah, and and we've kind of pointed to this roster and said, where if if he's not taking the reps, who is right? Yeah, my gosh, man. I, <laughs> there's some there's some people that are out there, and I've seen them on Twitter. You know who you are. That are big Rippin believers. Even even Rippin isn't a Rippin believer. <laughs> I mean, he believes in you know he he's Gary Kubiak, and and for uh you know Gary had some really good games, and I remember them. I'm sadly I'm old enough. <laughs> but Gary knew what Gary was. Right. You know? He knew he stayed a career backup to go to because one he he recognized he liked the system, he liked where he was at. And he knew that, you know, hey, you know what? I mean, that's probably not for me. Sure. You know, maybe I can go somewhere. I can go to some team with that's crap that, you know, that uh, has no talent. And I can go, I can go give my go as a starter or I can stay in a place where I'm, I'm utilized. And I, and I think Brett knows that. Um, and I don't think he provides anything that that Drew wouldn't. I right. mean, Drew is in the, in the Jets game. Is that game close? I don't think so. Right. You know, he's able to throw the ball out of bounds because he has arm strength. Yeah. Right. I mean, and he's probably able to make a few more plays. So I think that that's a moot point. I've said it before and I'll say it again. This team won't be bad enough to have an early pick next year. Right. So you're going to have to, you're going to have to trade uh, capital. Do I think that they shouldn't look at a quarterback next year? No. Uh, I think that until you land the guy, right. you always are looking for the guy. What I, what I struggle with, is when people bail before the evaluation is over. Right. Right. Uh, you know, when I wrote a paper, if my teacher only read two thirds of it and gave me a grade, I'd be a little perturbed. <laughs> sure. Hey, man, I worked, you know, I put effort in on the other third. Right. You know, how, let's, let's see how that contributes, whether it's plus or minus. I, you know, I, if I'm doing the work, give me the grade. Uh, and right now we are halfway, we are now at the halfway point of this season. He missed a few games. So if you add last year's, he's played about a little over half of a season. Name one quarterback that you saw play for a half a season that you bail. Right. I, I mean, even, even the best, even, you know, the, the John Elway would have been thrown Peyton out. Manning, Montana had been thrown out. Well, Peyton Manning know, like set Peyton a record for, for interceptions I mean, in his rookie was, year or yeah, something. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, people compare the unicorns, right? So it's Patrick Mahomes. We got to go get Patrick Mahomes. Right. I'm sorry, man. You know, that, that guy is the, he is the end of, you know, he's what's at the end of the room, rainbow. Right. You just don't find those. And, uh, and even, you know, Herbert, and it, I kind of brought this up on Twitter a little bit. Herbert's played really well, especially for, for what we all expected. Right. We're still losing. Right. Yeah, exactly. So to me, you know, I, I look at it a little bit of, of appreciate what you got. You have a winning quarterback that does enough. His team believes in him. And, uh, and when he plays, we have a better shot of winning than we don't. Yep. And, and see how it goes because, like I said, uh, it's going to take work to go get a guy that's going to be any better. 
And then do we go the retread quarterback route again? Right. It hasn't, hasn't, it hasn't worked out for us up to this it point. It worked one time, and then we have consistently wanted to go back to the well. Um, but I'm just not there yet. You know, I, I committed to the season to see how it goes. And to me, honestly, I would commit next season. Drew's really uh, on a team-friendly contract, right? Yep. You have an opportunity to build the rest of the roster before you have to dive into the most important position. What you've seen in the NFL is if you put a really good roster around someone that's confident enough, you're going to win more than you're not. And then you go splurge and you go find that guy or you go all in, right? You trade your first three picks sure. or whatever that looks like because now your roster is set. I can go get that young guy or, or maybe I can uh, um, move some cap around and go get an established guy. But um, I don't think Drew is the problem. Right now, he's not the solution. So he's not good enough to to overcome some of the um, bad plays that he has or, or the rest of the team has. So he's not there yet, uh, but I'm definitely not ready to write the book on him. Yeah. What do you think after this last game? It, I think it kind of ripped everyone's hearts out a little bit in Broncos country. Cause I think this was one we could go get. Yep. What does this mean for the Broncos potential playoff future? Is, is there a future in it this year or is that a pipe dream? I, I think it's slim. I think to, to be frank, right. For me, they got to go get throughout of the next four. You know, right. or, or uh, you know, you, you have to go get a chunk now. Um, and it starts this week, right? Like you can't win three out of four unless you win this one. Yep. Um, and so, it, it, and, and the NFL is crazy like that a little bit, right? So it's, you kind of forget last week if you win this week. <laughs> right. They go into, into Vegas, they beat the Raiders. Raiders are five and four. The Broncos are four and five. Um, and so now they, you know, now they beat a couple of teams that they'll be jostling with for, for that playoff spot. Sure. And you get, um, and you get another, uh, another potential playoff hopeful in the, in the dolphins next, you beat them. You know, maybe they're six and five at that point in time, or, or they're even with you at five and five or whatever happens to be the record. Now you're even, now you have heads up on two of the, two of the teams that you're challenging with. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden we blinked. It's two weeks from now. And now everyone feels a little better, right? I would rather have a win against the Raiders and the Falcons. I would have liked them sure. both for sure. Yeah. Um, but in the end, the weight of this game is double what it was last week, just based on the uh, on, on kind of what's at stake. So, if they lose this game, however, right, mm-hmm. based on the weight that I just talked about, significantly more um, impactful in a negative way. So, I would say if uh, if they lose this week, it's not mathematically over, but pretty much. I mean, they have yeah. to go. You know, they have to go six and one or, or whatever that looks like over the next seven. I mean, it'd be pretty tough to be able to. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm not optimistic that playoffs are in our, uh, you know, near future as yeah, far no as tree, this year no goes. Buying tickets for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, crazier things have happened. They do. And I, and I, you know, in the end, right. And so the, the whole season is kind of this, uh, this chronicle, right. And, uh, how different did we feel about last year? after week 17 than we did after week five. Right. It's significantly different. There's hope. They still were seven and nine, right? But you went off season, like, all right, here we go. We have some pieces. If they finish eight and eight at the end of this year, but the offense gets it, right? Jerry Judy continues to bust out. Yeah. Lock has some really good games. And they're eight and eight. You still go in the off season feeling like, okay, right? Yeah. Now we're, we are hitting a window because our, our team is extremely young. 
next year we get you know we we get Vaughn back. We have a choice about whether or not we bring Bouye back, depending on how he's finished the season. We have a choice about Casey and bringing him back. Wow, now all of a sudden our defense has reinforcements that we're missing throughout this year. Yep. Or we have a ton of freed up cap, depending on what we want to do. This team is sitting in a really nice spot. To me, it's the, you know, and I said that our it, we wanted to be competitive this year. Right. That's, that's the hope, right? Uh, we, we joke about the, the Rockies and that kind of stuff is just get me to, get me to train, be competitive. Yeah. Give me a reason to tune in. Um, you, you don't want the 2017, 18 um, Broncos where it's just yeah. you made yourself watch because mm-hmm. you, you got to do that out of fandom. But give me a reason, right? Show me some hope. And I think as long as Drew's playing, there's some hope, right? Because if you can catch that glimpse, he starts to get it. You know, if they're six and ten, but he gets it, and they and they start to ball out towards the end of the year, I'm gonna feel much different than if the team carries him to six and ten, right? Right, right. Um, so to me, that's it. And and I think 2021 was gonna be our window anyway, with the cap that we're gonna have versus what everyone else is gonna have, especially in a in kind of a COVID um, era where money's gonna be tight. It's probably gonna be a buyer's market. Yep. Broncos have some extended cap because they've been pretty smart about not splurging it. Um, and a roster, especially offensively, that's really young. I mean, that's a that's a pretty nice place to sit. Let's talk about so I wanna I wanna do a little exercise. Maybe it's an exercise in futility, we'll see. But um <laughs> the best kind. I know, right? Uh so let's say the Broncos abandon the Drew Lock. They either Drew Lock flames out. Or they abandon that line of thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm going to name some quarterbacks that you would rather have. Either you tell me, would you rather have them or not over Drew Locke that I think could be available, some more so than others. Okay. Like you got to go get them or. You either got to go get them or they'll be free agents or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Or, or you draft them. Yeah. Okay. So started with Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick. No. Okay. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. No. Sam Darnold. I would say no, but I can see the intrigue. Because, um, I mean, by in all intents and purposes, Trevor Lawrence might be the guy sure. in the draft the, for them. The Jets are going to go. I mean, poor Sam. <laughs> Sam Wise, like, he, he needs to walk across Middle Earth and just get another shot. Right? <laughs> he, um, he, needs a, he needs a change of scenery. Would he be a guy... I think at the end of the year, if I wasn't sold, would I explore that for sure? Okay. If anything, yeah, to me, I bring competition in. Um, I, they did the Jeff Driscoll route, so would I bring a guy in? I would explore that, yeah. Do I think that he is uh, a significant upgrade right now? How about Mitchell Trubisky? No. How about Cam Newton? Nope. No? I know you're a big Cam no, guy. I, I didn't really think like you Cam. would, but... But I really like Cam. I think for the talent that we have, especially that the investment is in the receivers, um, it kind of dilutes what Cam does well, right? And yeah. Read option, being able to keep it, takes the ball out of Phil Lindsay's hands. You gave money to Melvin Gordon. Sure. Um, and then you're going to have your quarterback run it a lot. I, I don't think so. Um, I do like Cam, though. Would I bring Cam in? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I, I would bring Cam in. Okay. You know, especially if you're willing to sign up relatively inexpensive deal. I, I think Cam is actually a really good locker room guy. I think he wants to play. So, um, you know, Drew would have to tighten up his big boy britches right. and produce. And you have a guy that can, that can uh, win you a couple games, if not, or if Drew's not playing well, you have a former MVP to rely on. Uh, I would, I would explore that. I wouldn't replace Drew with Cam though. Gotcha. How about 
This is this is a pipe dream for me, yeah. so I'm just putting it in there. How about Justin Fields? What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Uh, I would. Uh, uh, we'd have to lose out probably. <laughs> yeah, or... <laughs> Or trade or do you, up. Yeah, or do you, you know, your, your first this year, your first next year, a second this year, and a third next year or something, right? Yeah, but you give it, and maybe the Broncos end up being in the top 10. Um, uh, from what I've seen, Justin Fields is scratching the surface. Am I sold on him? No. Sure. Um, do I think he's an upgrade? At this point, yes. At the end of the year, I might feel different. Okay. Um, but I think... I think uh, Justin Fields would be a guy that I would, I would probably look at for sure. How about Trey Lance from North Dakota State? I say no. A lot of guys are really um, on to Trey Lance. I, I especially after watching watching Carson Wentz struggle a little bit, you know my my uh, my flavor for the North Dakota quarterback yeah simmered a little bit. Um, but I also haven't really dove into a lot of uh, of him or what he does well. I think he's a really good prospect. Um, yeah, he seems to be a little, a little more in the, uh, not exact. I mean, this is ob- obviously a lofty comparison, but kind of in the Lamar Jackson kind of uh, a mold where he's a mobile quarterback yeah, that can run. He's a dual threat guy. I think he throws the ball really well. The hard part about watching, you know, someone at North Dakota state is, you know, it's the Alabama of D2, right? Right, right. I mean, everyone on the roster is significantly better than everyone else that they play. Um, and so a lot of the really on point throws that you see him make, there's not guys in his face. Right. He's got separation. So it's hard to be able to translate that. Now, if you just look at physical talent, um, I think he's a specimen. Sure. He is a, um, he's a guy that you want to be able to work with. What I say to all of that though, is I don't know if he comes in and he's immediately better than Jalak is sure. at the end of this year. Okay. So then we are five and 10 and six, you know, five and 11, six and 10. Yeah. And the next year is that, is that what we're wanting to do? Are we wanting to rebuild? Because then if so, then you go draft a younger guy and you try again. Um, if you're wanting to win right now, do I think Trey Lance gives that to you? No, no. Yeah, same with Zach Wilson, I assume, out of BYU. Yeah, no, not yet. I, a lot of people really like Zach Wilson. I think he's he has played pretty well so far. I'm not on the go-get-him-yet wagon. Okay. And last one I have is Dak Prescott. This would assume you're paying probably – you'd have to pay him – between. 35. Yeah. yeah. 30, I mean, 30, you'd 30. have to, to use would. all of that space. Yeah. I think Dak, uh, Dak, I mean, you know, <laughs> gifts aside or gifs, I found out it's gifs, not gifs. Okay. Um, <laughs> he, uh, I mean, you see what that offense is without him, right? I mean, right. A, um, everyone thought that Andy Dalton could come in and give 80% of what, what, uh, 
that could do, we found out that is not the case. <laughs> right. He is the, you know, the straw and the drink. Um, yeah, I'd bring Dak in a heartbeat. Just even with the, the, the fiscal hit, because really that's going to allow you, that's not going to allow you yeah. to resign some of those guys it, that you went out and got. And I wouldn't, most important position in sure. professional sports. And I'd say probably what, probably one of the most high profile positions in America business. Right? Yeah. I mean, Dex shown it on the biggest stage and produced both with his legs and, uh, and in the air and had to deal with Dallas drama, you know, Jerry and, mm-hmm. and, uh, coach switches and all that stuff. You know, Zeke who, um, I know that's your, your guy <laughs> and, uh, but his, you know, Whatever he's got going on, more and, you know, more am I on the field guy than off for the sure. field guy. I mean, but just yeah, right. Like you got to manage a lot of that stuff, and as a quarterback, being able to do that and do it well, yeah. I mean, Dak in a heartbeat. That's hard because I think a lot of Broncos fans. Obviously, I think a lot of Broncos fans would. I think a lot of Broncos fans would say no, just be for the cost and having to watch guys walk. Like probably Justin Simmons would have to walk. You know. Maybe. And maybe a, maybe yep. a Phil Lindsay would have to walk, you know, guys that not yet though. Phil's, not yet. He's got to be here for one more year. That's true. Um, in the end you can structure it. The cap is, you know, the cap makes you be able to do some magic stuff. The question is, do they have enough coins in the purse right now to give people, you know, or to be able to put the money in escrow that you have to, to be able to sign guys like that. But to be honest, I love Justin Simmons. I think he is tremendous. I would trade Justin Simmons heads up for, Dak Prescott right now. Yep. Him and probably Drew. And I love both of them. I'm on their wagon. Sure. I wouldn't ever ask for either of them to leave. But, you know, when you get a top 10 quarterback, arguably higher than that. Um, Got to get yeah. it. Got to yeah. go for it. Yeah, I mean, it's the difference, right? Sure. Well, let's take a break there um, and head into our second segment. And we'll talk a little bit about um, some injury updates and then our matchup versus the Raiders. Thanks for sticking with us. Let's move into the matchup versus. Oh, oh, I almost said Oakland. I almost did it. I know everyone out there is guilty of it, though, so I don't feel so bad. Against Las Vegas. It's still so weird to say. It is. And I'm sad we didn't get to go there for the draft this Super year. Sad. Yeah. That would have been dope. Yeah. We'll still go at yeah. some point, and whether the draft's there or not. Sure. <laughs> we'll go watch the draft wherever it is. From we'll watch Vegas. from Vegas yeah. to Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Raiders. Do you think that the Raiders are legit contenders, or do you think they're a little bit more of the pretender when it comes to uh, you know maybe breaking uh, into the playoffs and giving any team a run for their money once they get there? I think that they can get to the playoffs. Um, I think that they're playing well enough complementary football to to get the six seven spot for sure. Okay. Um, do I think they're going to give any of the top teams a run for their money? Uh, it's interesting because they did, right? They beat the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, but do I think playoff they, ball is so different than yeah, than regular season do I, ball? Do I think no? I mean, yeah. they line up with the Chiefs again. Do I think they're going to beat them? No. I, I just defensively, they're just not there, right? And especially as, like you said, the game tightens up a little bit. Um, each of those plays are bigger, um, and, and I've never really seen Derek Carr shoulder a team and. Um, and and carry him. Sure, he, he hasn't done it. 
before. I don't think he'll do it again. <laughs> um, and their defense is just – their defense is awful. I, I know that they made a really good defensive stand in the final two plays of, uh, of the game last week, but it took a miracle. I mean, it took – Yeah. You know, he, and, and credit their defenders to be able to make a play uh, at the end of the game. But they should have lost that game too. I mean, I mean, you, you watched it. You kind of figured that it was going to happen. Um, you know, they're ranked at the bottom quarter of the of the league in both rush defense and um, and pass defense. I don't think it's going to get any better. So, um, with that said, I don't. I, th- I think that they'll be competitive. I think they'll be eight and eight and seven. Sure. Um, you know, speaking of the playoffs, that kind of team, I think they're going to put pressure on people. I think they're, they're a tough out because offensively they're pretty dynamic. And by that, I mean, um, you know, they have a multitude of options. They can run the ball, they can throw the ball. Um, I think that will keep them in games. I think it just does. And they, they've shown that they can win some games ugly, but yeah, not a team I'm, I'm putting in my playoff. Yeah. My playoff pool. Moving them forward in the playoff bracket. Yeah. Um, I think. I think if you ask most Broncos fans, if you compare apples to apples, if you compare position to position, player for player, coach for coach, that I think that most people, at least Broncos fans, I won't say nationally because I don't, I don't really know, but I think most people like the Broncos pieces better. So what is Oakland doing differently than Denver that they're seeing more success than we are? Is it strength of schedule? Is it, uh, you know, play calling is it? Is it one one or two guys that are just putting them over the top? What's your What's your take on that? That's a good question. I, I they are playing complementary football well. I think their offensive line is significantly better than ours, and yeah. more just how they're playing. Right, so Richie Incognito is out. Um, Trent Brown has been out due to COVID and complications. So it's not like they've had all of their talent. Sure, they're just playing well together, uh, and I think. John Gruden, especially offensively, his ability to be able to get the most out of his offense is significantly different than one. Yeah. Defensively, we have a much better group, but if you look at it, we, you know, we've given up 30 the last few games. Yep. Right? And so when you look at that, um, we have better pieces. I think we've played better. We've had a significant amount of injuries that yeah. that team hasn't. Um so we haven't really been able to overcome them, but I think everyone sees the potential of what that group can be or what those groups can be. Um, so I think it's really the complementary football that they're playing. Their special teams isn't a problem, right? Which ours is. Yeah. <laughs> you're overcoming bad field position or bonehead plays or safeties or a block punt or kick return for a touchdown. I mean, those are those are things that you don't want to or shouldn't have to be able to manage. And sure. then, um, and then you know Derek Carr is playing pretty well. And, and you know when you're able to stay in games and uh, halftime and, and make adjustments and then and ramp it up, it's much different than being down multiple scores at halftime. What what's what's Vegas do well that the Broncos need to maybe key in on? Um, I personally haven't watched a ton of of uh, almost said Oakland again a ton of Las Vegas this season. I've seen a little bit. Um, just on paper, their their passing attack doesn't seem too intimidating. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Josh Jacobs is is a horse and can carry that offense yeah. through stretches. Um, is that kind of their strength is, is run first? Yeah, I think it's the it's the multiplicity, right? And so for me, it's hard to game plan on what they're going to do because they feel comfortable spreading the ball around to different receivers uh, and, and to run the ball. And when they run the ball, they don't suffer losses, right? So it, if they're running the ball, they're going to get three to four yards, which I think is significant. And it's not like they're getting big chunk plays or anything like that. Um, 
but they stay ahead of the chains, right? Third and two is much different than third and 10. As we saw right. last week in the Broncos game. <laughs> right. Um, when you're able to significantly do that, then Derek Carr is a, is a perfectly fine quarterback to be able to help them manage or help sure. them move the game uh, in, in their favor. So to me, that's what they do. That's what they do well. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs is averaging under four yards a carry right now, but he's but he provides them with the punch. Right? They pick up short yardage first downs for sure. Um, and Derek Carr spreads the ball around. Right? I mean, Henry Ruggs, their you know their their top flight receiver and pick has not been a has not been a factor in this in the stats game. Yeah, provides them as much more of a. He's out right threat. now too, right? Yeah, but even when he's been in, right? right. So it's like, yep, Tyrell Williams has been out. So you have um, you have Hunter Henry and Darren Waller and uh, Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. Hunter Henry. Yeah, he's a Charger. <laughs> um, Hunter Renfro. Um, but I mean, g- guys that you know aren't significantly. You're not game planning for those. Darren Waller for sure. Um, yeah, he's, yeah. Dude's a monster. Um, but as we saw, even with uh, Julio Jones, I mean, he had a really good route on uh, on OJ Mudia, but. For the most part, right? I mean, the, the Broncos, I think, played fairly well. But they also didn't have to force feed Jones because they were able to distribute the ball. So if the if if Denver isn't able to, um, to really play solid, especially defensively, you know, if the, the corners can't come back, man to outside, and the linebackers can't can continue to the, – the pretty good trend of, of playing uh, the tight ends as, as they have throughout the year, um, you know, that they'll just – they'll methodically move the ball down the field. Yeah. Right? And, and uh, when they're, when they're playing in your territory for a lot of the game, it puts pressure on the offense to, to, you know, to put drives together, which the Broncos haven't been able to do. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's 17, three and, and we're kind of back at it again. Yeah. Do you, do you foresee that potentially happening? I, I mean, I, I guess I'm wondering how this offense can kind of kickstart in the first half as opposed to finishing strong. How, why can't they come out strong? And, and I think that this is the biggest gripe of any Broncos fan right now, our, ourselves included, is I, I know that football is a game of adjustments and halftime adjustments are big, but how come you're not coming in with a game plan that allows you to at least be somewhat productive in the first half? I don't know that they don't come out with a game plan that will. I think the issue is you have a young offense trying to execute a brand new, a brand new offense, right? Right with with no time, and, you know. And when people talk about the difference, well, look at Justin Herbert. He's coming in. Well, the rest of the team has played in this offense. Sure, right. He's the only one that had to pick it up. No one else got to practice this offense before training camp, right? No, no, Denver Bronco did. So everyone is learning it at the same time, which does take reps. And so I think that that one is, is hard because you might have a game plan on paper or maybe it worked for the Giants, right, in year two, and, hey, we're going to run this, you know, this this combo of plays. I think we'll be able to get a, you know, get some chunk plays. And then just, you know, with the guys or, or with the injuries, it's just not working out that way. So what do I think that they need to do? I mean, in my opinion, any good leader plays the strengths of, his personnel, right? Whether that's at your at your local business or if that's an NFL team, the, Drew Lock ran a read option offense, right? A, a pretty widespread offense, and they, they have the players to be able to do that. Okay, and we've all talked about them picking yeah. up the tempo and doing those kind of things. They got to do it though, right? And um, they have half of a season of tape to see what Drew does well, uh, half a season to see what he hasn't done well. Do the things he does well. 
Yeah, to me, I think that that's exactly what it is. I mean, if you look at at Phil, right? So when Phil runs the counter play, where you're able to get uh, a guard or a tackle on the edge, he runs seven, eight, nine yards every single time. Right? Sure, you see what he does well. Do what he does well, and and I think if they play to that philosophy, I, I think that the offense will uh, will play better. And you know, you can't hold, you can't take dumb penalties. Correct. Um, you know, stop moving if you're a receiver and getting a false start. I mean, things like that. They're just not good enough to be able to do that. I think the the more that they're they're able to stay on schedule, I think the more points that they'll get, and a ton of that's going to come to playing to the strengths of their of your personnel. Yeah, I wonder. I just wonder how many fingers are pointing at at Fangio for this being an issue, and uh, knowing he's not the offensive play caller or anything like that, but he is the head coach. And I, I mean, even coming from Chicago, where he was. Their offense was never a highlight. You know, he was hired because his side of the ball did what they were supposed to do. But does he, does he, I, I don't know. It just, it, it begs the question, I think, does he bring anything to contribute to the other side of the ball? And is, is that maybe part of the reason the Broncos are struggling? I, I bet he's probably stayed out of it because I think Pat Shermer has enough um, clout for for Vic to say, hey, you got it. Sure. Um, we have to remember is, you know, Ed Dottatel had, COVID, so his stress and focus was probably on the defensive side of the ball. And yeah, you got it. Um, Mike Munchak has been out too, right? And so you're not getting the same amount of support or coaching through the week or on the sideline for for the line, and uh, especially with the upfront pressures that you were seeing against the Falcons. So do I think maybe some of that regularity is off counts? Yeah. It, it, to me, Fangio should take heat, you know, more than Schumer yeah. said. I'm the boss, man. You know, in the end, you got to be able to own that. And I don't think Vic steps aside from that at all. No, I mean, I think he takes it when necessary. Um, Yep. If it were me, if I'm him, I have a meeting with Pat and say, what do you think? Why are we not? And I tell him what I would take. Hey, as a defensive coordinator, this is, this is what I would call. And this is what I would do. This is why I think that you're not scoring. And then be able to put a together plan. Um, Because I think that the defense is playing well enough. Uh, that he should be able to devise some of that, some of his attention. We'll see if he does it though. Sometimes it's pretty hard when, uh, when you're an expert at something to give up your baby, right? Yeah, yeah. Step out of your comfort zone and go step across the aisle and leave your baby behind. Um, we'll see if he does that. I, th- I think that Pat could uh, could benefit from it for as good and for as long as Pat Trimmer has been coaching in the NFL. If you get someone with uh, with Vic's study and and his eye. I would soak that up. Yeah, you'd hope that they could at least come. Maybe both of them come across the aisle a little bit yep. and kind of come come to each other and, and and cover up those potential weaknesses. You know, this is speculation on my end, but sure. uh, I think when you see an often struggling like that, you have to ask questions. You know, you have to say, "What are we doing wrong?" Um, and hopefully, it's not just like you do your thing, I do my thing, and I'll I'll let you worry about that. Um, so that, at least I hope that's occurring within the locker room or behind closed doors. Yeah, and that, you know, and maybe it has, and uh, and and you know, be able to add focus. The players have to execute, right? Right. So, um, I've seen plenty of plays, especially as I've looked at things, um, where the play's there. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Right, and either, either they miss it, you know, Drew doesn't look to that side, or, um, you know, or there's confusion on the offensive line about who to pick up. Melvin Gordon picks the wrong hole. Right. I mean, things like that that I'm... As a coach, I mean, there's there's nothing more stressful than calling a play and then watching it not work, but it should have worked. Right. How do you fix that? How do you get them to be able to do that? They couldn't get it the first time. How are they going to get it the second time? Um, so really, you know, it takes a village. And But hopefully, you know, Vic Fangio is adding his input because it's valuable. I mean, he, he isn't the expert. He is the guy that coaches the side of a ball that's been – you know, number one in the league or top three or top five. Right. Right. Pat Shermer for as good as Pat's been. I mean, Pat doesn't have that track record. Right. So Vic brought him in for his experience, his ability to adjust, but you see it. That's why they're able to produce in the second half. So it's funny that we went from last year, Broncos are really good on script, right? They, they play pretty well in the first quarter. Right. And then they just, they watch the other team pull away. Now this year we're, we struggle out the gate. We make adjustments, we catch up. So it's a little bit of a, Right, we have the reverse effect. I'm not sure what what we would rather have. Obviously, we want a team that that produces for 60 minutes, but most teams aren't like that. You know, most teams yeah. only really you know produce for for two quarters or two and a half quarters. I mean, that's why punters get paid. Um, so you know, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they've learned a lot this week and play quite a bit better. Let's jump into game plan. Um, what where do the Broncos match up well with the Raiders? Where would you look to exploit if you were the co- coaching, if you were calling the plays for, for the Broncos, either on offense or defense, or you can kind of give me a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah I think offensively, the good part is it's interesting because that similar to last week against Atlanta, it's like, where, you know, where do I pick? Yeah. Uh, they, their personnel hasn't been that great. Their defense statistically isn't that good, regardless of how you want to play it. But neither was Atlanta's, right? And they they came out slow. The difference between Atlanta and the Raiders is Atlanta had Grady Jarrett and uh, Mm -hmm. Deion Jones, who I think are two really tremendous football players. Um, You know, Pro Bowl caliber, All Pro caliber players. That and when you're a quarterback, the the guy in the middle of the defense, um, especially one that can provide pass rush, there is nothing worse than a pass rush in your face, right? For for as terror, you know, as terrifying as as Von Miller coming off the edge can be, you know, Derek Wolf and Malik Jackson in your face in your view is is worse. Right. I can't step up. I can't step over. I can't look around them. Right. You're kind of a, a victim to your own eyesight, and um, and it changes the complexity of the of the play or the the outlook of the play. So to me, I think that that's kind of a difference. I don't really see that with with the Raiders. I think that they played well considering their pieces, um, but there's a lot of guys to pick on. And so to me, I think um, really staying in balance and being more creative with their play calls in the sense of when do they call them? We saw a lot of second and long runs, which I know killed a lot of people, but the goal yeah. is to keep Drew Locke out of third and longer. Right. Um, but how do you have those runs on first down, right? Um, 
we haven't seen bubble screens or uh, yeah. you know, any creativity that way. Yeah, hardly at all, actually. And, and adding quite a bit more uh, read option. I think that that would be one, um, especially just to throw the ball. I think that play action fakes, uh, especially with our linebackers, are going to hold them. You have a significant advantage outside with your receivers. Yeah. I mean, you got to see a little bit of the glimpse with Jerry Judy sure. and KJ Hamler over the last couple of weeks. You know, Patrick's a little healthier. No fan should play. I mean, the pieces are there. Um, I know we're going to miss Alberto, but the rest of the pieces are there for some significant uh, matchups. If you if you can kind of run that and play to that strength, I would I'd be looking at matchups all day. Okay. Uh, if, to me, it feels like maybe this is a game where the Broncos defensively need to be blitzing left and right, um, trying to get. Oh, I don't know who that is. Sorry. Um, trying to get Oakland behind the chains um, and, and making, uh, I don't know that making Derek Carr make throws is exactly, you know, uh, what I'm, what I mean by it. But I, I think that if you have to force them to make plays in the receiving game with kind of this, like you said, they're good at spreading it out, but there's not one, guy that is their their go-to guy maybe maybe that is a key to getting them to punt uh, maybe one or two more times in the game i don't know how do you feel about that see i i i think that you need pressure i think to beat any quarterback you need pressure i think what Derek carr does really well is he gets really rid of the ball quickly right from from snap to release he's always been really good at that sure so the, you know the two theories in being able to beat that is you bring pressure um, and you you force him to not be able to get a clean look, or you drop a lot, right, and, and right. cause him to hold it, uh, and then you're able to, to beat the pass rush there. They are really good on their interior, right? So Hudson right. And, um, and Gabe Jackson are just really good players. Uh, Colton Miller is an okay tackle um, on, on the left side. So to me, I think that you, uh, you kind of play straight up a little bit. So, for instance, I want to make sure Josh Jacobs doesn't get going because if he gets going – uh, I think I think it'll be a long day. Yeah. Um, so to me, that's the the first matchup that I make sure that I'm stopping. And then with that, you know, I and I'm doing kind of what the the team has always done. You bring timely blitzes. Your corner should be able to hold up pretty well. Uh, you like your matchup in the back end. And really, it's Darren, Darren Waller can't get you know buck thirty. Right. And uh, I think if he doesn't, um, I'd feel pretty good about my matchup anyway. Um, and and. Fangio, at least over the past several games, has, has come up with some really key pressures at really um, key times. So I kind of – I really trust that side of the ball yeah. to handle themselves pretty well. I think with getting Bouye and Callahan back, you're not you're not going to get beat by wide receiver three, four, five. Like right, right. Last week, I think that was much more of an aberration than anything. I think if those two guys play, that game's significantly different. Um, oh, yeah. I think so, yeah. too. Yeah. And so I, they're going to be back. Hey. You know, for as, as much as I like what the Raiders are doing offensively, they're not the Falcons. Right. And so I, I think that this game um, is much more gettable as long as the defense, the, the defensive players that I assume are going to play, play. Um, cool. Let's get your X factors. Um, let's start with the Raiders. Who's your X factor for the Raiders? Mine's Jeff, Josh Jacobs. I think he is the is that dude um, though in all of the stats or it's not as um, high popping as they were last year, 
but when he when he plays well, you know, when he in the wins that they've had, he averages about ninety yards a game rushing in the in the games that he's lost. It's much more, you know, between thirty and forty yards. It's significantly different. Yeah. Right. And you can kind of see it. So if a defense can gear and take him away, Derek Carr is just he's just not that guy. He is kind of what Drew Locke is, at least in that sense of right. like, he's not gonna will a team to win at, sure. at least at this point. Not right now, yeah. Um which says a lot more about maybe where Derek Carr is than where <laughs> right, right. I think you know, there's a lot of comparisons about who they are and what their talent is and all that kind of stuff. And so if I can make them one dimensional I feel really good about being able to dial up blitzes or pressures or back end schemes to to cause some confusion. Sure. You know, Justin Simmons has got a pick in the last few games based on their ability to be able to disguise stuff. I would assume that they'll be able to do that again. As long as, you know, as you're able to to kind of take away or play to one one area or another. Yeah, I like that. It makes sense to me. And he's really the probably the person I fear most on that offense. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him go off, even though our our run defense has been in stout. If someone can bust through that, especially with the the backs we've faced so far, he's probably one of them. Um, I think I'm going Hunter Renfro. Um, Not Hunter Henry. Not Hunter Henry. Not this time. Maybe in the Chargers game. We'll see. That's fair. You're going to wait till he plays. Yeah, exactly. Um. I think he just has the ability to to bring a lot of ease to Derek Carr and, and just getting him in manageable situations where they're not going to be too far behind the sticks. They're going to be, you know, probably most of the time, if he's playing well, they're probably going to be in second and short, third and short situations versus, you know, second and long Um and I think he's just one of those sure-handed guys that if you get it to him, at least in his range, he's probably going to come down with it. He's he's that uh, Julian Edelman type. He's that Cole Beasley type that I think is a key to a lot of those offenses over the years. You see Cole Beasley in, in uh, Buffalo right now and what he's doing. You know, I think that Renfro, even though he's not necessarily the biggest, mo- fastest, most you know intimidating receiver. He does what he does really well, and I think that that could be could snake bite the Broncos' defense a little bit. I, I think that's a good one. I, if if I had my way, right, especially on third down, that's when I think Hunter Renfro is going to cause some problems. Right. Is um, because that's why you have Bryce Callahan. You know, I think that yeah. that's a matchup I really like. Um, but if they if John Gruden is who I think he is too, he's going to be able to scheme him open. I would agree. I think Hunter Renfro is just a gnat, dude. He's mm-hmm. a guy that just annoys you. He seems to always make plays. He did that at Clemson. He's done that so far. Right? If Derek Carr hits him in the hands last year at the end of the year, right, in two, and at least two occasions, right. uh, um, he had him open for a touchdown, which changes the entire complexity of the game, or doesn't get the ball batted down right at the end of the game. That's who he was going to again. I mean that they win that game. We feel way different. We're six and ten. Uh, we hate life. All that good stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Hunter Renfro is a, you know, he's the guy that you pass on the street that you're like, <laughs> yeah, he's probably. <laughs> I wonder what he does for a living. He goes and suits up, and uh, he's he's a baller. He's just one too that I think like even if we were to get, you know, car in a first and or second and seventeen or something like that, he can turn that into a, a third and seven or a third and eight pretty quickly where it becomes much more manageable. And so um, that's kind of what I worry, especially with, uh, you know, we had some coverage issues obviously um, with some guys out last week, but it still is a concern for me across the middle of the field a little bit. 
Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. How about Broncos X factor for this game? I think the, the X factor, I mean, for me, um, I mean, I, I have to, I think just going to, to kind of what I'm writing on, I think is Alexander Johnson. Okay. I think if he can play really well, especially in the run game and, um, you know, create some doubt, right? I mean, if he's able to come downhill, make some really quality plays uh, early in the run game, I think Gruden has a tendency to forget one. Um, yeah. And uh, and that's my hope is maybe that's how it works out. Uh, and, and he's a guy that, you know, size-wise matches up with Waller, at least especially in the middle. So to me, that's that's my X factor. I think if he, if he can come up with uh, with some solid plays and especially some, some early run downs, um, I think the Broncos – have a good shot about you know at least staying staying with the Raiders earlier, maybe even uh, maybe even having a lead. Surprisingly, yeah, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go. Man, this is hard. I've, I'm kind of torn between two. I think I'm gonna go Jerry Judy, and I, I'm going with Judy. I think he's shown over the last few weeks that he can be a real positive for this offense. Um, his route last week for the touchdown was, was pretty impeccable. Um, he kind of gave that arm, like I'm going to go mm-hmm. into the end zone and just stopped on a dime and was able to, to catch that ball and just run right around the defender. Um, I think when he is, when he's kind of operating at his optimal peak, then he becomes a really dangerous force. And I think that, you know, him being a first-round draft pick, you kind of expect that. Um, to this point, we've seen glimpses of it. Um, I don't know that we have seen exactly what we were hoping we'd see. I think, you know, the more uh, fanatical Bronco fans were expecting him to maybe come out and put up some rookie of the year numbers, some Justin Jefferson numbers, you know, which would have been nice. Um, but I think that he has the ability, and especially he's going to be going against Oakland's you know, second best corner, which, you know, I don't even know who that is. I'm not going to lie, but it it should be a matchup that favors uh, Judy. And so I think that if they can consistently hit him or he can consistently get open, that they could get some big home run plays or at least um, have some, some positive plays on the scoring side of the field. Yep. Yeah. I mean, uh I really like their matchups. I mean, you you saw Jerry Judy. You saw it start to click, right? Yeah. Um, like, oh, yeah, this game is as easy as it's been. And and I think he's had spurts of that throughout. But really being able to be the guy and still get the ball. Yeah. I think it was probably the first time that that's happened in his NFL career, short as it is. So that has to just give confidence, right? And a guy like that, that's confidence becomes swagger a little bit, right? And then you saw K.J. Hamler, who um, – his route running is much better than I think anyone gave him credit for. Sure. You know, a, a few, um, a few plays. I mean, he's just, he's leaving dudes. Oh yeah. And, um, and it, I really like his ability to work in the middle. Uh, I, I kind of worried. Uh, I think he's a, he's your stereotypical smaller slot guy. I kind of worry cause you know, with the speed and, uh, and those kind of traits, you kind of want him in much more room. You want him outside to be able to give him much more of a, an opportunity with the ball in space, but watching him work in the slot this last yeah. game, um, you know, as long as uh, the ball could be put on him and he can, um, he can keep his head down and focus on the ball. And I mean, it's just, it, you know, a slant is 14 yards. <laughs> right, right. If those, if, the, if those kind of plays happen, right. Don't, don't worry about the, the 20 yard, 30 yard play. 
I mean, 14, 14 yards per catch, right, or, or per pass play. I mean, those are chunks. Yeah. Uh, and that's extremely doable with both of those guys because of the separation that they create. Do you think there's – do you think there's something to – do you think that – how how will I put this? The – I think part of maybe the issue with the offense in the first half is maybe – I think you see teams come out a lot of times and have this, this scripted offense and – Again, it gets them rolling in a positive way. Is is Drew Lock in a situation? Do you think they have those scripted that scripted drive early on, or are they allowing Drew Lock to kind of make those reads and make those mistakes? Because I think that if you say like, okay, you know, obviously depending on on coverage, but hey, this is your key guy is Hamler on a on a slant. You know, just get it to him. You know, do you think that there are those are in the playbook or in the play calling, or and and they're just not connecting or, or, you know, he's not seeing the read. Uh, I think that, I think he probably gets directed much more than, than he gets allowed to play. Okay. And I think what that probably does is when you tell someone, right. Hey, don't mess up. No pressure. Right? I, 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 you know, just to, to go back to when Nick was young stories, I, I, so mind you, I wasn't going to make it as a quarterback. In my, I just, I don't have the physical attributes. <laughs> right. Not even, you know, not until Kyler Murray, you know, <laughs> Kyler, for sure. um, but I, I remember leaving the, the field after our first game, my senior year through for, you know, 150, 106 yards, which 2001 is pretty significant. Yeah. Um, I played pretty, pretty well. We still lost, right. All that stuff just eats at Joe. We go in the next game. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, two of our four, I throw a pick because I just I give a guy a jump ball. Yeah. Come on the sideline. You know, there's a guy open underneath. I, my coach says, Hey, you know, don't don't chance anymore. Don't don't throw a pick. Right. We'll we'll, we'll win this game. We'll we'll be all right. Crap. You know, yeah. like, now I have to try to like you know, every window got smaller. Sure. Yeah. I, I had to think more often, even though um, I had played pretty well. You know, it was the it was it was a good read on on my part. You know, and in making that throw, it just didn't work out, right? Sure, sure. A really good play to fall away from, from, uh, from my receiver, and then you know it, that is, it is what it is. And then once you start thinking about not making the bad play, you don't focus on making the good play. Right. Making the easy play, um, you, you're two steps behind in your read because you don't want to force it. You question whether or not a guy's open, which I think happens. Yeah. So you overthink, and especially if I'm Drew, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to pick. I don't want to set us back. Mm-hmm. So hold on the ball, right? The extra pat that happens. And the, in this league, you can't do that. Sure. You have to be able to make a decision about where the ball is going to go. Um, so that's my opinion. That's what I think happens. And especially if they're opening up in plays that he doesn't necessarily feel comfortable with. So sure. I don't know what that input is. Right. I don't know if he's saying, hey, here's our options. Which ones do you like? I don't know that that happens. I don't know if Drew's earned that cachet. I don't know that it doesn't happen. Right, that right. Not happening. That's a significant issue. Yeah. Right. To open up the game, let's let me let's run our best stuff. You know, um, I think there's always this worry about showing your hand too early. Right. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Which then, if you're down three scores and you haven't shown your hand, what's, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah, so, exactly. Um, that to me would be what it would be. Hey, here's what we want to run. We want it. We want to get Phil going. You know, we want Melvin to stay involved. But what do you like? And what do you feel comfortable with? Especially based on what we've scouted, what what these looks might look like. You know, what do you feel? Um, you know, and, and for me, you know, it, the first the first series or so, Jerry's getting three. You now at least, I mean, that's right. Yeah, he, moving. He's shown at least to this point that he's probably going to be open. Um, so, you know, have them show me something that he's not going to. Yeah. Well, hopefully that was uh, illuminating for all of you as well, as, as much as it was for me. Yeah, to learn a little bit about the Nick. I mean, that was rough. <laughs> feeling good, right? At, at that point in time, I'm number five pastor in the state of Colorado. Get to see, like, your name up on, like, That's the like, post actually, right? Yep. It's like, and now don't, whatever you do, don't make a mistake. <laughs> Jeez. I'm, uh, I'm 17, man. I am I'm a walking mistake, right? Yeah, Anything exactly. You is not good. Um, but but I, I feel that. Yeah, you know, I saw that with Pax and Lynch, right? I saw yeah, that sure, sure. With Trevor Simeon. Yep. Just play, just manage, just manage the game. That's why that word's so ugly. It, it's not what it actually means. Kyle Orton. You know, it's stay on schedule, right? Yeah. Um, but it's like when you do that, it's just don't lose us the game. Shoot. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. just, oh. All right, I will do whatever it takes to not lose, which means I'll just fall down. Right? I'll dirt, I'll dirt <laughs> yeah, dirt them. Yeah, exactly. You know, now that we're in field goal range, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to not get us points. Right. As opposed to being aggressive and go win us the game. You know, hey, go win us again. If uh, if you if you see a guy open, throw. Yeah. We believe in you, kid. Like that kind of thing. Sure. I really hope that that's what's happening. Because uh, if not, you know, look at Sam Darnold, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's a plethora of issues stand, I mean, just, standing it, in front of him, right? I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> if you don't believe that you have what it takes right. to be able to make the play that sure. play, I mean, you can, right? If you're a, if you're a hitter and you're in a funk, you know, and you go up to the you go up to the plate, I can't. I'm probably not going to get hit right now. Right? Right. You're sure, like you're sure as hell not going to happen. You take a jumper. You don't really feel good about taking a jumper. You probably aren't going to make that. You're going to airball that. I mean, you're just not going right. to. But if you go into the flow and feel confident about, you know, about what you saw or how you're playing, I mean, the chances are significantly improved. I saw Tory Craig take a few of those jumpers in the, from the corner where he hesitates mm-hmm. and then he, he shoots it, it right? anyways, no. and then yeah. it's an, like it's short or yeah. it just clings right off the side Tory of the rim or the back side, or the side of the backboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, but a guy steps in, he lets it fly, right, a little bit of swag, boom. I mean. It, the, the 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 impact of your of your brain on those things right is just so significant right. because you don't think about all of the 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 small pieces right you let your body flow naturally right you're just going to be able to produce quite a bit better um and and for for the quarterback position the guys in the huddle see whether or not you believe that we're in make play you know and that's why it's like they love like dancing drew right right it's like oh okay do you feel good that we're going to make this play as opposed to like, hey guys, all right, let's transcend schedule. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. that's that's lots of fun. Yeah, it's not. All right, well, let's get into our next segment after the break here. 
Hey, we are in our beers and bets segment, and we're going to start out with our beer today. Our beer is from a little brewery in Beacon, New York, called Hudson Valley Brewery. Mm-hmm. Want to tell us a little bit about Hudson Valley Brewery? You know, I one, I think that they at least just kind of visiting and learning a little bit about their, what they got. I mean, they are all over the place. So they have some merchandise. They sell um, tumblers and goblets and nice bunch of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's actually pretty sweet stuff. That's pretty cool. Um, all over the place. I got glassware, they got hats, they got jackets, sweatshirts, t-shirts, accessories. Um, the best part is, so you can shop online at HudsonValleyBrewery.com and they will mail it to you. <laughs> mail beer to where you're at. Um, right now, it looks like for the most part, um, up in the, the eastern part of the country, but it looks like they will send it out to you. Right. Where you are. Um, so I think that's that's pretty awesome. Um, they have a, a wide array of different beers with uh, with different stages within them, whether it's the version one, two, or three. Um, it's pretty cool stuff. That is cool. Uh, and if you don't have, uh, I got a hookup that sent me this beer. So if you need a, if you need a hookup, if they won't mail it to you, just let me know. <laughs> um, so what we have here is a beer, a little beer called Incandenza. Uh, uh-huh. And it says it's a sour IPA with a galaxy, which I think is a type of hops. Galaxy hops. Is that right? I don't know, but it, that's what I've, that's what I believe. Yes, that's right. Um, so sorry, IPA brewed with two row barley and raw white wheat. And it's hopped with citron mosaic hops and the galaxy hops. Apparently I don't know what's in it to make it sour. Uh, usually when you get a sour, it's like some sort of fruit content, yeah. but this doesn't actually say uh, anywhere. So I'll be interested to see. What does baby taste like? Are you a are you a sour beer fan? I know you're a, kind of an IPA fan, yeah. but I don't know about sour. We haven't had many sours yeah. together. I, you know, I don't know yet. Time will tell. Usually, I'm not. I kind of like what I like. Yeah, yeah. But we're fixing to find out. All right, you ready for the crack? That's a question. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a nice Actually, one. Yeah, the pop was nice. I'm gonna give you. Oh, interesting. I'm gonna give you the uh, the can. So that's my my sampling. Mm. It's got an interesting scent. It's very hops forward though. Yeah. So it smells kind of like an IPA, but you can tell that there's like a little funk in there. Yeah. That it's gonna be sour for yeah, sure. sure. You ready? Yep. Cheers. Cool. That's a good one. Oh, that's a little bite. Yeah. I don't know. That's I gotta taste that again. Okay. All right. What do you think? Um, I expected it to be a little more hoppy. Like when, when I think of an IPA sour or otherwise, I think of hops and, and really the scent is there and there's a little bit of a little tiny bit of bitterness, like kind of on the back of your tongue, but mostly it, it tastes like you're pretty standard sour. It's good. I like it. I like sours though. So I, I I'm not sure. If we'll be uh, compatible on this one, but I, I do like the sour, and so I think it's a solid sour. I would, I would drink it if I wasn't on the keto diet. So you're giving it a dub. I'm giving it a dub. I think I think it's it's refreshing. It's not like too 
it doesn't have that like heaviness that's it's got like it's not super malty it's not super bitter it just kind of falls in that nice sour kind of kind of a more chill sour too because some of those sours can be super tart yeah so i'm not a sour fan Mm -hmm. this wouldn't be my bag um but i think you know i think weather rise right now being in november i don't know if that's like that would be in this time of year right sure summertime it's a little warm out a little something different I would give it. I would give it a slight dub. Um, okay, like okay. an ugly sixteen thirteen game. Like <laughs> no. how did we get here? Just because that's not my. It's not my brand. For some reason, when you say like an ugly win, I think of uh, what I don't even remember. I think it was the Steelers and in, in Miami. Like it must have been like ten years ago. There was like a monsoon rains yes, like that. and that punt. I don't know if you remember. He punted it and like it hit the ground and it just stuck. Just, yeah. yeah, that's what it makes me think of. It yeah, was like, like a that. six to three game. Exactly. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's like a six-year-old peewee game. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're just happy it's over. No, I, you know, I'm not a sour fan, but that, I would have that. I think that that's a good one. Would I have a bunch of them? No, probably not. Yeah, because that's not my bag. But, um, but it was better than I thought. It definitely is a, yeah, like a traditional soury, um, but not overwhelming, which was nice. Yeah, uh, that's what I was a little bit prepared for. Not really, you know, if it overwhelmed my my senses, I probably probably would have tapped out yeah it is there's some nice subtlety to yeah. it where it's 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 tart but it's not like yeah jawbreaker yeah. or yeah. not jawbreaker what warhead atomic yeah. warhead yeah. is sour so i think that's two dubs one big dub one little dub yeah hey, well a dub's a dub right <laughs> don't have peeking game mm. signs over here mm. Mm. <laughs> uh okay let's jump into the thrive fantasy picks let's do it of the week um this will be the last week to qualify for the Judy. Uh, I mean, Sutton signed Jersey. I almost gave you the wrong receiver. Um, we've got a few entrants and we would like a few more. So play this week, get your last uh, raffle ticket option in by letting us know what team you're going with whether it's team orange, which is the doctor's team or team blue, which is my team and uh, our players of the, of the week for last week, which we'll name here at the end. Um, let's kick it off with team orange. Let us know. Ooh, knocked over my hand sanitizer. Let us know who you're going with for a week. Uh, what is this week? Nine, 10. Oh man. I'm a whole week behind. Yeah. I know I keep doing that because of the buy. Yeah. The forced buy. That's fine. Um, so start with your, your picks. So we got Aaron Rodgers against the Jacksonville defense, 287.5 total passing yards. I'm going to go with, He's going to get 288 yards passing. Perfect. Capacity is just terrible. Um, so I think he's going to light it up. Especially, I think they're going to they're going to throw it early, run it late. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play particularly well. Okay. Uh, James Robinson. So that's an over. That's an over. So Got it. Over. Uh, James Robinson. The the line is at 80.5 yards rushing against the Green Bay defense. I'm actually going to go under because I think they're going to be losing. They're going to throw the ball. Okay. Um, I think he is going to be able to contribute catching the ball, but not really uh, gearing up for the rushing attack. So I think I'm going to go under. Got it. Chris Godwin returning this week, 67.5 receiving yards. I think he's actually going to go over. I think okay. that they saw the Antonio Brown fail in bringing him in. Guy doesn't know where he's going. Yeah. How quick you are. Right. If I don't know where you're going, I'm not going to look at you. Uh, Chris Godwin coming back, I think, provides the stability the offense needs. I think he's going to go over. Right. That's because I think Carolina's going to be able to put up some points. I think it's a pretty good offense, so I think they're going to have to score. Yeah, yeah. That Speaking makes sense. of the Carolina offense, 
Um, Robbie Anderson, 4.5 total receptions. I think that he will get four. Uh, I think okay. there might be some big plays, so I'm going to go under. I think that uh, um, that they'll spread the ball around quite a bit. Um, Curtis Samuel, I think, is going to have a, a pretty solid game. I think they're going to lean on Mike Davis running the ball. Um, so I'm going to go under. Uh, maybe some big plays, but not necessarily a lot of receptions. And then last but not least, your favorite quarterback, <laughs> Carson Wentz, uh, against the Giants, 24.5 total completions. He is going to be getting most of his receivers back. Dallas Goddard is going to play. Jalen Rager is going to play. Yep, yep. Only the ghost of Alshon Jeffrey might be back. Really? Um, oh, I hadn't heard that. So that poor dude might actually have some guys to throw to. The Giants' defense isn't that great, uh, but they, you know, but they could maybe um, hold up quite a bit. Um, I think that they're going to. The Giants themselves are going to score some points on the Philly defense, so I think he's going to have to. I'm going to give him. The over, I have some faith. I think him actually having some professional talent on on his offense this game, um, I think he's going to be able to to pony up, and I think he's going to go over. All right. Well, let's get on Team Blue. Team Blue is starting. I'm starting with Deshaun Watson. I think this is an easy one. I don't know yeah, why. Uh, the, the line's at one and a half passing touchdowns. I, I guess they expect Cleveland's defense to, to hold Houston. I know Houston's not good, but... They've still got some weapons in Will Fuller, uh, Kenny Stills. So I'm not sure why that's so low, but I'm going to go over one and a half passing touchdowns. Kareem Hunt with the other guy out. What's his face? The other running back. Chubb. Yes, thank you. I always want to say Bradley Chubb too. But uh, with Nick Chubb out, um, Kareem Hunt's going to be the workhorse. And I think he's gotten into the – the end zone, but it's not always been on in the rushing yeah, uh, yeah. category. So I'm going to go under half a rushing touchdown. Mm, I think he yeah. could get uh, into the end zone, but it might be a passing touchdown. Uh, Matt Stafford, half a pick. I think that he'll throw a pick. Uh, Washington's not a great team, but they're not a terrible defense. I think if there's a strength to that team, it's probably their defense. I think they could come up with one. Terry McLaurin, that's my guy. Half a receiving touchdown. I think that he can. I think he'll get it. I'll go over. I think he'll get a touchdown in this game. You know, Detroit's secondary is not one that's feared around the league. And so I think that uh, he could have a pretty big day. And then, uh oh, I got to pick Josh Jacobs against the Denver Broncos. Combined rush yards and receiving yards at 90 and a half. I'm going under. And I'm thinking. I mean, our, our run defense has been stout, even against, you know, some pretty good backs like Derrick Henry. You know, Josh Jacobs is just another back that we're going to stuff, hopefully, and, and I'm going to hang my hat on that. And he's not a huge receiving threat. I, I think he can catch the ball, but that's not wh- where they use no, him primarily. Him yeah, exactly. So I'm going to go under 90 and a half rushing and receiving yards. So those are my five. So decide which ones you like. Oh, yeah, yeah. We need a tiebreaker. A good point. Uh, Kyler Murray Murray tiebreaker. You want the over or the under? Um, Okay, so it's 295.5 passing yards and rush yards. So I'll take the under uh, as the tiebreaker. Yeah. Sounds good. Who was your player of the game for the Broncos last game? My my player of the game from last week is Jerry Judy. All over the field. Yeah, set a career high with 125 receiving yards. I think he showed exactly why he's that dude. 
I like that. That's a good one. I'm going uh, OJ Mudia. I think he, as much as our defense struggled, he was not a weak point. And for a rookie third-round pick, corner coming in and basically being your best defensive option in the past game against a high-flying Atlanta offense, I think he, he, he stood his ground pretty well, and I think he, he deserves some props for that, even in a losing effort. I'll give you that. Yeah. I think he I think he played it. I think he played all right. I think um I think him and Asang Bassi you saw them kind of take it on the chin. And then I think that they really rallied, which I think is yeah. really nice. You know, second half they weren't really giving up those plays. Um now Demonte Harris is I, I yeah. at least from the peripheral, good dude, like him. Yeah, of distance, course. But if he sees the field on defense again, just chalk that up to a loss. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks for hanging with us. Uh, make sure if you want to get in the competition for the the jersey, the signed jersey from Cortland Sutton, um, hit us up at orangeandbrewone at gmail.com or on Twitter at brew underscore orange and send us uh, a direct message with your team, either hashtag team orange, hashtag team blue, and then our players of the week. Um, thanks for hanging in there, guys. We went a little over today, but uh, I think we delivered some good stuff. Yeah, you're welcome. And we'll uh, we'll catch you from Hawaii next week, hopefully. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, make sure that you guys mask up. Wash your hands. Wash your hands and go Broncos. Go Broncos. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.